You're listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. My name is Elena Ciccatelli, an award-winning automotive executive, and I'm so excited to introduce you to some of the most dynamic thought leaders the EV economy has to offer. Listen in on honest conversations I have with the leading electric vehicle experts and uncover critical insights that will help you jump ahead and stay there. The electrification race is officially on, and these conversations have never been more important. So whether you're an automotive executive or just an EV enthusiast, this is the podcast for you. Let's get started. Bob is here from Car Now, and aside from a little bit of a technical difficulty glitch, we made it. We did it. Technology is good. Bob, how are you this morning? We battled Zoom. We won. We got to meet at NADA, more specifically JD Power. So I'm excited to be here and chatting with you. So this is good. Yes, same here. And Bob, I've been a fan of yours for a while. I actually saw you speak at JD Power last year. I saw you speak at Asodu in Philly. Go Eagles. Would love for you to talk about your amazing automotive background, bring the listeners up to speed. You were at Meta, you are now SVP in charge of manufacturer relations at CarNow. So please fill us in on your background. Yeah, I'll make it short and sweet. So I had the privilege of selling cars right after I graduated from college back in 97, 98. In full disclosure, and I've said this to many people, I was fortunate to be dating a girl whose parents owned a number of stores at the time. So, But I will tell you, they treated me like anyone else. And I was a commission-only salesperson on the floor. After a breakup, a positive breakup, there's no love lost. I jumped into the digital advertising space ultimately, but focused in automotive. And that was simply due to the fact that the woman I was dating, who's now my wife, to be clear, so it's not like I'm date hopping here, who is now my wife and mother of our three awesome children, lived in essentially the Detroit, Michigan area, you know, the suburbs of Detroit, Michigan. And by default, with General Motors and Ford Motor Company, and at the time Chrysler, which I know has had a number of different name changes now, Stellantis, you're automatically in automotive, like you're just by default. So, and it was fun. I I got to jump into digital advertising with MSN, if anybody remembers MSN with Microsoft. And there was a product called CarPoint, which turned into MSN Autos, which was a specific research site. And then I had the opportunity to go to Yahoo Automotive again. And then I was fortunate to open up the Midwest office for Hulu when we just launched and then Facebook for the last eight years and now Car Now, which I'll tell you, I couldn't be any more excited to be here because I am now as close to the dealer as I was when I sold cars. And that's where I want to be. That's exactly where I want to be. So hopefully that was short, sweet to the point. I love your story, Bob. I love it. This is really such a great segue into my next question about dealers and electrification and car now and how that big jigsaw puzzle is kind of all coming together, right? So what do you really see on the horizon in terms of automotive retail, electrification, and customer experience? It's a great question because the outlier, the disruptor is the EV part. Are the OEMs going to sell it directly? Are the OEMs going to let their dealers sell them? Are the OEMs going to let them sell them, but charge them millions of dollars to upgrade their infrastructure? Like, wow. Plus, plus, we still have a number of electric OEMs that we know will hit the market, right? That will sell direct. So that's going to completely disrupt the industry. But I'll answer it this way. My biggest passion and has been for the last 15 years 
is the purchase experience. And I heard this the other day and I've said this elsewhere. So sorry if you've heard this, but I hopefully it sinks in. And a dealer wants a dealer, someone that sells to us, you and I, right? Says the challenge with our industry, and he's speaking for himself, he's speaking for the dealer community is we sell to the consumer the way we, the dealer wants to sell not necessarily how the consumer wants to buy. Now, everyone has data. Well, consumer doesn't want to buy online. Are we for sure on that? Like, what is your online process? Like, does it stop somewhere where they have to? I presented a slide at an event, Brian Pash's AAAS, they call it now. And I had a slide, which was essentially the concept of, are we getting the data that we ultimately want to get Or are we getting unbiased data? And what I meant by that was, and I might've said it probably better than I just said it now, but what I meant was that we set up specific processes online a certain way. And it's the only way the consumer can go. So that's the data we're receiving. We're not getting any omni-channel unbiased data because we have specific setups. So you're simply getting the data based on how you set up your platform or your purchase experience, et cetera. So long-winded, I think the EV part is separate from maybe the purchase experience, but I think it's a disruptor because the OEMs just said, wow, I can make more money. Tesla approved. I'll buy a car online. I'll click, 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 buy. Rivian proved it. I'll click, 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 buy. So no one can disprove that people are willing to buy a car online because that was the only process. So that was the only way you could buy. A Tesla Rivian, right? So I'm just torn because I'm on the dealer side, just so you know, like, but I have to challenge them because there's a better way to do this. Like Alex Flores, who you may know, who sits in Austin and has stores in Austin and and, uh, El Paso and said last week, one of the comments that hit me in this comment was from Brian Benstock, a big voice in the industry and a great challenger in the industry. He was talking about himself. He said, my competition is not the Honda store up the street or the Toyota store across the street. It's Amazon. It's Apple. It's all these companies that have built a phenomenal buying experience that now the millennials who are the largest population of car buyers, they own 17 of 27 car segments. They're the largest population. How do they want to buy anything? It's customer experience. And to Ed's point about... Amazon is my competition. Yeah, because we've all been programmed to have that experience of obviously I'm not a huge purchase like a vehicle, but every other purchase that I'm making could might as well fall in that Amazon bucket. So why can't my car purchase fall in the Amazon bucket as well? So yeah. It's a mindset. It's an expectation, right? Right. You know, when I was at Meta, we used to have a stat, everyone that's, I can't remember the exact percentage, but it was something 68% of people want to communicate with a business the same way they communicate with friends and family. What my biggest initiative I'm trying as others is when you let the consumer control the deal, you will win and win more. And what I mean by win more is they will pay you more. It's proven that customer experience slash convenience, which is the customer experience, people are willing to pay a premium for. It's proven. In auto, outside of auto, it doesn't matter. 
I know we all have our own personal experiences. I totally get it. And, you know, and they're not all the same, right? Like I'm just one little segment and I want to give La Fontaine a huge shout out. So they're one of the larger dealer groups in Michigan. They're up the road for me while well, they've surrounded me with stores now. And I had to take my son to a soccer clinic an hour and a half away, but there was a vehicle that I have been eyeing. Okay. For a while. And it went online just to see if it was still there. And it was. And I called my good friend, Max Muncie, who works there. I texted him. They're truly, they're unique. The LaFontaine family and Ryan who runs it is just, they're just very unique. And I texted Max like, look, it's 10 o'clock. I just want to test drive it. All I want to do is kick the tires. I have to get my son to East Lansing. Like, can you just set me up with someone that's just going to let me do that? And then I can be on my way. And he was up in Northern Michigan and he actually responded and he's like, oh, I'm sitting out on the back porch. And I'm like, dude, not an emergency. We'll do it. No, no, no. He connected me with a text with the general manager. And, and I literally showed up with my son. And, you know, after getting my driver's license, as they 100% should for legality reasons, the sales representative flipped me the keys. He's like, see you whenever you come back. I came back. I flipped him the keys. He's like, just give us a call when, when you're like, literally that was it. And I'm not ready to make a commitment on a car right now, but right now I have an affinitive towards La Fontaine. Like right now, they're my top choice because of how they treated me when I wanted to simply test drive. And, and I get it. We have numbers to hit. We want to check the box on the board, right? I get it. But I do believe if we offer that experience up that we can change this perception that buying a car sucks. And that's factual in some data points, right? That buying a car sucks. So I'll close with my comment on this. It's been proven statistically. Roadster came out before Roadster was bought by CDK. They came out with research in 2019, okay, pre-pandemic, that people cared more about the experience of buying a car than the price of the car. In 2020, Cox came out with a very similar study. And one of their data points was 64% of people cared more about the experience of buying versus the price. When I was at Meta, we came out with a loyalty study that said 80% of people who had a positive buying experience from a particular brand, so brand slash dealership, were exponentially more likely to stay loyal to that brand. There it is. We know what we have to do. We just have to do it. Exactly. Now, here's the million dollar question, Bob. Does this all transfer over to electric vehicles? I mean, listen. Tesla is the only reason why we look at buying an electric vehicle differently. It's the only, because they were the first to sell direct. That's the only reason why we look at EV separate. If Tesla came out with a dealership franchise model, then none of this would be a conversation. Right. They would fall in line with our current processes and we would be battling. But they're the only reason why I don't look at it. I don't care if it's, I want an EV. I'm not political. There's no like, please, nobody take this the wrong way. I'm not here to try to save the earth, but generating the electricity is probably just as bad as like, there's all these back and forths. I love new things. I like to try new things. I like to be on top of it. So I just want an electric vehicle, but I can't get one right now because I drive too much with my kids on weekends. I mean, we're all over the place. We don't have time to stop and charge for 40, 50 minutes or whatever it is, right? If people are willing to buy an EV online, that's $80,000, $110,000, Why can't I buy that Dodge Durango that I was testing out in the same way? Like, Right, exactly. It just brings up so many different questions because it's like, no matter what propulsion it is, internal combustion engine, 
electric. Hydrogen. Right. doesn't matter the propulsion. It's just like customer experience is always at the heart of it. Right. I think we can all agree that we want to be treated well. We want it like that example that you gave at La Fontaine is such a great example because they treated you like family. And of course, the loyalty is super high. The NPS, the CSI, whatever you want to say, is super high, right? Because they treated you the way that you wanted to be able to transact. You brought up something that sparked something that I also have a passion because, and it ties into the purchase experience passion. I strongly believe, and I'm willing to be debated, and I would love a debate to help me learn more. I think debates are healthy because you can learn, you know, the personalities and what other people are thinking to adapt to try to to hit. Is I think the whole CSI program platform is completely broken. It is causing what the OEMs don't want. I think we could blow up CSI scoring for dealers and create a whole new process that is a complete win-win for both the OEM and the dealer. And prove me wrong. Tell me I'm completely wrong. Tell me I don't know enough about it to be able to make that state. I'm open. But I, at this time, having sold cars in the 90s, when I begged people to give me a, a very satisfied a five because compensation was, it's just broken. I could talk to you about this forever and ever. We didn't even get to my last question about mainstream EV. It's all good. How do people get in touch with you, Bob? If I'm a dealer, how do I get in touch with you? Or if I'm just a super fan of Bob and I just want to follow what you're doing? (laughs) I I would love the one super fan of Bob, (laughs) if, if there is one that's willing to be that. But listen, I live on LinkedIn. I think it's one of the most powerful social tools for me, who just loves to talk a business and whatnot. LinkedIn is probably the best platform. I'd love for you to follow me and then return. I'll follow you back. Sorry if there's a delay. I will get back to you. I try to get, my goal is to always get back to everyone that shoots me a message. Don't sell me anything though. If you're going to sell me, which I cannot stand that. LinkedIn is not a tool to, first message is to sell. Yeah, that's crazy. That's not right. And hey, Bob, you are absolutely lovely. I ran into you at JD Power and I was like, can you please be on my podcast? So you're so gracious and lovely with your time. So I thank you for that. And Bob is the real deal. So absolutely. Thank you so much for your time, Bob. I loved this conversation. I am so excited to share this with everyone. So thank you once again. Appreciate you making our industry better. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to the EVs for Everyone podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, go ahead and subscribe to the show and leave a five-star review with a comment. We read every single comment, so thank you in advance. If you have an idea for an upcoming episode or you would like to be a guest on the show, go to EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. That's EVs, the number four, everyone.com slash contact. Until next time, Keep charging forward.